You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host today is Cindy Johnson, Operations Manager of Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses. Hello, Cindy. Hi, Jeremy. We are recording today at the almost professional Bluefish Boulevard Recording Studios in historic Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Hard to believe that summer is winding down and it's almost Labor Day. It is, which is the end of summer for a lot of people, but at Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse in Newcastle, New Hampshire, we're actually open for tours until Columbus Day. Indeed we are. So yeah, we still got several more weeks to go. We do. And today on Lighthearted, our special guest uh, for today's episode is Mark Keene of the North Point Lighthouse in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Cindy, please help me tell our listeners about North Point Lighthouse and Mark Keene. Sure, Jeremy. North Point Lighthouse is in Lake Park on the east side of Milwaukee. A brick lighthouse was originally built in 1855. The present lighthouse was built in 1888, and it was raised in height to 74 feet in 1912. The lighthouse and the Queen Anne-style keeper's house have been restored to their early 20th century charm through the determined efforts of a group of volunteers, the North Point Lighthouse Friends Incorporated, formed in 2002. Since completion of restoration in the fall of 2007, the historic site is open to the public for tours. The original Keeper's Quarters now serves as the museum gallery. Mark Keene is the curator of the North Point Lighthouse Museum. He's been on the board of directors for seven years, and he's been the curator for six years. Mark is also the creative director for an advertising and marketing firm called Anthology in Milwaukee, and he serves on the board of directors for All Hands Boatworks, an organization that teaches young people wooden boat building skills. Mark is also an artist who works in watercolor, graphite, and collage, and he is a graduate of the Portland School of Art and Design in Portland, Maine. He is a maritime history buff and has worked as a lobster fisherman in Maine. He gives lectures about the maritime history of Milwaukee and the North Point Lighthouse. You can catch his talks on the tall ship Dennis Sullivan, dressed in a lighthouse service keeper's uniform. I recently had the chance to interview Mark over the phone. Let's listen to that conversation now. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today, Mark. I I really do appreciate it. And uh, before we get into some questions, uh, let me say that I I have not been to your lighthouse yet. I really hope to make it there sometime. I have been to Milwaukee once, just a a few years ago. It was in 1980, uh, so uh, almost 40 years ago. It was a little bit before I really got into lighthouses, and I went to a Milwaukee Brewers game at County Stadium. So that dates it a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) So one of these years I am going to get to your lighthouse. Uh, so uh, let me start by uh, asking you, Mark, uh, I understand your interest in maritime history started when you were extremely young. Now, how did, how did that happen? Well, uh, when I was a kid, uh, my great uncle, uh, who, was, who was born in the late 1800s, um, he was living with my grandparents. He was a, he was a bachelor, and he just lived with my grandparents for a, a long time, and uh, they used to live down the street from me. So I used to walk down there and... Um, and visit them. And he was, uh, a natural artist, taxidermist. Uh, he did, he loved maritime things in boats. And I used to just 
sit in, on his lap and he would draw pictures and, and tell stories and things. And then uh, I found out that he was born um, back in, in the 1800s, uh, right across the river from the Wolf and Davison shipyard, one of the largest shipyards on the Great Lakes in Milwaukee. And um, he must have learned uh, and watched them and learned how to build ships uh, because uh, in his later years, he, he built several ship models. Uh, all scale to scale and all from scratch, uh, which I have several of and have several in the, in the lighthouse gallery. So, you know, I just had a, I started my interest in maritime history back when I was probably about five or six years old. He sounds like a really interesting person. And uh, I understand your uncle was involved in one of the most famous maritime rescues of the 20th century. Well, that's a different uncle. That's a different uncle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Okay. This was uh -huh. a great uncle. Okay. His name was William Keene. My great uncle's name was William Keene. But the other uncle that I had, my uncle, uh, who uh, his name was uh, Roger Erdman, he was uh, from Port Washington, Wisconsin, born in 1919. Uh, he joined the Coast Guard in 1940. And um, he, um, he had quite a history. He retired as a captain in 1974. Um, and uh, he. He put his. He started his heroics back in the, during the Second World War. He put the first uh, Marines and tanks on the island of Guam. Um, and after the war, he was. He spent a lot of his time uh, on the East Coast, and um, he was part of the rescue of the uh, Fort Mercer, uh, which was part of the story and movie, uh, The Finest Hours. So uh, I found out later in years that he was. Um, a part of that rescue, but his his biggest claim to fame uh, was uh, rescuing the captain and crew, the Andrea Doria, which uh, sank off of Woods Hole, Massachusetts in 1956. He was on board the Coast Guard tender Hornbeam, and um, they got out to the scene and put a tow line on the Andrea Doria. And the captain and the crew came on board his ship and oversaw the rescue operations of the ship. And then later, um, the captain of the Andrea Doria asked if my uncle could tow the Andrea Doria, and he said he had orders he could he had to re, you know release it because it was going to sink, and had it sunk, it would have been on the U.S. government's nickel. So um, he had to cut it free. But um, so he was awarded a medal of honor by the Italian government back in 1956 for his heroics of rescuing the captain and crew of the Andrea Doria. Wow! Between that uh, uncle and great uncle, that's a lot of maritime history there. Yeah. And I, um, I spent. I used to spend when he retired. He he moved out east, and uh, he retired in Freeport, Maine, or Durham, Maine. And uh, so I used to spend my summers out there when I was going to high school and then later college. So I spent a lot of time staying with at his house with my aunt and uh, heard a lot of stories. And uh, when I lived in Maine, uh, I used to spend not only time with my uncle, but I also lobster fished for mm -hmm. two summers and and got me even closer to boats and maritime stuff. And I like to build boat models. I still build bo wooden boat models. And uh, I collect a lot of uh, maritime history, ship models, ephemera. So I, I've got a, quite a collection. So this whole curatorial part of my life is, uh, is fits really well in with the North Point Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. It seems to come pretty naturally, I would, I would think. So let's uh, move on and talk a little bit about uh, the North Point, maybe not a little bit, maybe more than a little bit, about the North Point Lighthouse and uh, Lake Park. Of course, uh, one of the most important things about Lake Park uh, is the landscape design of the park. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, the park was designed in 1893 by Frederick Olmsted. He designed Central Park in New York City. Yeah. He was down in uh, Chicago. He was the landscape architect for the Columbian Exhibition of 1893 in Chicago. And he he uh, 
met a guy by the name of Christian Wall, who was from Milwaukee. Uh, so Christian Wall talked him into coming up to Milwaukee and designing some parks up here. So he designed Lake Park, Riverside Park, and Washington Park, our first zoo. So uh, Lake Park, um, by that time, you know, when he, he got there in 1883, the lighthouse had already been there. So he kind of used the lighthouse uh, as, as a oh, kind of a highlight uh, attraction in, in the park, and he bookended it with two beautiful lion bridges. Um, so he uh, he was responsible for you know the, the park design. Right. Of course, he also designed some parks in uh, Boston, which is the area where I'm from. So he's extremely well known uh, throughout New England, uh, right. one, of the, one of the great landscape architects in American history. Now, uh, North Point Lighthouse was decommissioned in the early 1990s, uh, which led to the formation of the North Point Lighthouse Friends Incorporated and the turning over That's of the prop- property to the to uh, Milwaukee County. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about how the light station was saved and restored at that time? Or a well, bit later? Uh, the, the lighthouse was um, pretty much the light was shut off in 1996. It was decommissioned. It was turned off. And it was boarded up and given to the county, and it sat there abandoned for quite a few years until the North Point Lighthouse Friends uh, was orga- was organized. Uh, John Scripp, uh, who is our board president, was one of the founders of the North Point Lighthouse Friends, and he just saw this beautiful uh, lighthouse sitting in a park, abandoned and and falling onto you know bad repair and things, and he just thought it was too it was he did not want to see it be torn down. So, two thousand and Three, John Scripp uh, got the North Point Lighthouse friends together, and uh, they raised the money and got grants to restore the lighthouse. So they uh, they started the restoration project, which was um, very extensive because there was a lot of lead abatement and asbestos abatement and oil and undergrounds. They had to redo all the soil and stuff. So um, it took quite a few years to get it restored, and it opened as a museum in 2007. Now, as the curator, uh, one of your main areas of concern, of course, is the exhibits in the museum, which is in the, uh, inside the uh, former keeper's house. Uh, what would be some of the highlights of the exhibits that people would see if they come for a visit there? Well, the museum is, we're fortunate to have the uh, the living space of the keeper's quarters on our first floor. So we've opened that up to be the museum gallery. And what we have uh, as permanent exhibits are we have a, a large mural of the first lighthouse built in Milwaukee, which was built in 1838 at the end of what is now Wisconsin Avenue downtown. Uh, so we have that in our gallery. So we sort of start the tour as we we'll walk people through almost a visual timeline of the North Point Lighthouse and the lighthouses in Milwaukee. And we have a, a nice timeline, visual timeline of North Point from when it was built in 1855 out on a bluff until its current, when it opened as a museum. We also have the last Fresnel lens that was in the lighthouse uh, in our gallery on the first floor. We also have a lens from the 1860 Pierhead Light of Milwaukee, and we just acquired the uh, sixth order lens from the Algoma Lighthouse in Algoma, Wisconsin. So we're going to have a fourth, fifth, and a sixth order lens in our museum, which is really uh, we're really excited about that. And we also have uh, panels that show uh, describe some of the keepers that lived at North Point um, up until about 1938. Uh, they're not, we don't have all the keepers, uh, the history of all the keepers, but we have uh, the history of, of several of the ones that were very significant lives that led significant lives at, at the North Point Lighthouse. We also have the fog bell, 
from the pure headlight, uh, which is 900 pounds of brass, which we have in our in our gallery, which is a nice attraction people to, to look at and see how it where it was located and how it was rung. And we also have um, some artifacts from uh, some of the shipwrecks on Lake Michigan. There was two, uh, close to 2,000 shipwrecks on Lake Michigan, almost 10,000 on the Great Lakes. So we talk about that. And then we have uh, rotating exhibits um, uh, throughout the year that are just based on different maritime history of Milwaukee. Uh, currently, we have one in there in the gallery on the Christopher Columbus, the whaleback, the only passenger whaleback steamer on the Great Lakes, which was built for the Columbian Exhibition of 1893. So we kind of like to rotate uh, exhibits out so if people can keep coming back, they're not seeing the same thing all the time. Right. And I think the biggest attraction... the the biggest attraction we have at North Point Lighthouse uh, is the tower, the climbing the tower, sure. um, 84 stairs to the top, with, and you get to see a great 360 view of Milwaukee and, and the lakefront of Lake Michigan. Yeah. Now, do you know how many people you get uh, visiting there yearly, by any chance? Oh, uh, offhand, I would, I'm going to say several thousand uh, come through the um, the house during the year. We're open year-round, Saturdays and Sundays from 1 till 4, and now we're open in the summertime um, from uh, June to August uh, on Thursdays and Fridays from 10 till 2. So it gives an opportunity for people that are you know, traveling through Milwaukee and to stop by and see us when they can't do it on the weekends. We do get a lot of uh, baseball fans. They do come to Brewer games like you did, sure. um, especially Cub fans. They come up for, for the Cubs game and they got some time to kill, so they stop over at the Lighthouse. Yeah, it's only, uh, what, a two, three hours between Chicago and Milwaukee? What is it, three hours? It's, no, it's it's an hour. It's only an hour. Only an hour. Only an hour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to remember. But I think, well, maybe no, I'm sorry. Let's see. Yeah, it's. Oh, it's maybe it's maybe it's more than that. No, it's probably. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not very half, far. I would say, but it's not three hours. No, it's it's ninety miles. So yeah. if you go ninety miles an hour, it's it's an hour. <laughs> okay. But, uh, like you do. But they have yeah. the Amtrak. Yeah, the Amtrak comes up regularly, so it's a you know. We get a, we really get a lot of people from Chicago all year long. Sure, uh, a lot of times they just want to get out of the city. So we have a lot, a lot of visitors that come from Chicago. We have visitors that come from all over the world, and we have a big map of the world in our gift shop with little pins in it. And every time people come in, we ask where they're from, and then they tell us that they're not from Milwaukee or they're from some other state or country. We have them put a pin in the map, so it's really fun to see at the end of the year how many people have visited our lighthouse from all over the world. Right. And they kind of think that's kind of fun, too. It's special for them to do that. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I, I was looking at your website, and I, I see you have a really interesting lecture series. Uh, now, the lectures actually take place in the museum. Is that is that right? Or? Right, in the gallery. Mm -hmm. In the gallery on uh, Wednesday nights, once a month. Uh, we go from January to November. Um, and uh, there, there are a variety of lectures. Um, we started this about two years ago, and uh, we have a nice space in the gallery. Our gallery holds about 80, 80 to 90 people, um, and that's another. We also rent it out for weddings because it's a nice open space and it's a beautiful venue. But for the lecture series, we can get uh, you know close to 80 people in there, and we just have been found out. We just started going around and finding authors of books of history of Milwaukee, and and they don't all they're not all maritime related, but uh, they're more of historic venues and uh, stories. So the lecture series is it's ten dollars uh, per person for the lecture, and we have a, a sponsor. A good City Brewing is our sponsor, so there's free beer and pretzels, and um, if you're a member, it's free. Uh, so it's a really great deal. If you become a member, you get all those lectures uh, for free, yeah. and they're really informative and, and a lot of fun. 
Yeah. I noticed that the lectures are not necessarily about the lighthouse there or about lighthouses in general, but they generally relate to history in some way, uh, which I think yeah. is really interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting approach to ha take kind of a broad approach to history. Uh, do you want to uh, comment on that? Yes. I mean, I think, you know, we could, I'm sure there's a lot of maritime stories and histories about lighthouses and things, but um, there's people that just are really uh, history buffs in, in general. And uh, so, especially Milwaukee history, uh, we talk about uh, the neighborhood that uh, one of our lecturers was a, a very an historian on the, on the houses and the architects of the area of North Point, uh, which were very famous people lived there and, and uh, business, business owners and uh, uh, industrialists and things. So, um, that's a, that's an interesting topic. The people in the neighborhood really enjoy coming there too because it's it's close. And again, the topics are Milwaukee related, and and then the ones that are, you know, uh, some of them are related to um, uh, marine disasters. We just had one last week uh, about the Eastland, uh, the ship that sank in the Chicago River in 1917. It's the largest uh, fatalities uh, on the Great Lakes. 840 44 people died. So. Our speaker uh, did a lot of research and it was very informative. And we have and they show slides and things. And some um, some lecturers uh, bring books that they've written, and we you know they sell their books afterwards. And it's a nice conversation to have with an author afterwards. Yeah. Now I also saw that there's been uh, archaeological surveys around the location of the original 1855 North Point Lighthouse. Uh, what can you tell us about those uh, archaeological surveys? Well. It's interesting you ask that question because uh, we we are starting that up again in, in a, probably about a week. We're going to go back to the original site, which was about 100 feet from where the lighthouse is today, and uh, do some um, penetrating radar scans over the uh, original site to see if we can find any uh, evidence or, or anomalies that we could you know find if we could eventually uh, be big out there. Now it is on park property, so we had to get a lot of permits, but. We do know where it was by old survey maps. Um, and uh, a few years ago, we went out there with a ground penning radar, radar machine and uh, found some, some little things that were interesting. And we dug a hole and we, we unearthed some uh, pieces of Cream City brick, which the original lighthouse was made out of, and uh, some square nails and some pieces of broken dishes and things. So it's going to be part of our, our tours when we give tours, too. Yeah, well, that's that's really fantastic. Uh, I have one final question for you. What is your favorite thing about North Point Lighthouse? It's the history that it had and the history that it's still giving to people. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but the reason I'm at North Point Lighthouse is because my uncle, who was in the Coast Guard, uh, that rescued the captain crew, the Andrew Doria, he was transferred to Milwaukee the, the next year after he rescued the captain and crew, the Andrew Doria in 56. So he was living in Milwaukee or stationed in Milwaukee from 56 to 61. And I really had no idea what that, where that was until they moved in. And I was only in kindergarten, but my cousins lived there. So I used to play in that house when I was a child and from six, 1957 to 61. And then it was kind of ironic that 60-some years later, I, I came back when I saw the sign that said, you know, they restored it and said, now open. Uh, I walked in with my two daughters, and I was I was looking at this, and it was fairly empty. There was nothing really in it. They had just opened, and I started pointing to my girls. I said, well, this is where the kitchen was, and this is where the living room. And they said, what? And I said, yeah, my uncle, is still live here. So one thing led to another, and they asked me to join the board of directors. And so it was sort of like, I don't know, it's fate. Um 
uh, but I get to I get to tell my maritime stories about my you know what I like to do and, and what my uncle did and and plus what I'm learning you know through being the curator there I get to I do all the exhibit designs there also so uh, it's sort of like my palette and uh, and it's just really nice to see people come in the door and, and want to learn about something and, and when they leave the nicest thing that they can do is when they shake your hand and say oh I never knew that there was a lighthouse here or I never knew that this happened or I'm so happy that I could get to climb the tower. So it's just really, it's a really good feel good, uh, you know, to, to be able to, to be a curator and, and uh, a part of the North Point Lighthouse. Wow, that's great. It's it's uh, it's interesting you use the words that it's your your palette. I mean, I know you're you're an artist. Literally, uh, you actually do uh, watercolor and other types of of art. Uh, yes, as well. Yeah. Well, I'm also in the. I'm in the advertising business. I'm a creative director for an advertising agency. I've been in the ad, ad business for 40 plus years. So again, I can use all my talents uh, to, uh, to make these exhibits. And, you know, I get, I get to play in there, you know, and I get to, I get, you know, people call me and say, Oh, I, I, my, you know, if they're in, giving a tour and I, I'm talking about a ship model and, and they'll say, Oh, my dad has a ship model in the basement. Do you want it? And, yes. <laughs> so it's, you know, you, you find out all kinds of these things where people will send you letters and, uh, one day I was giving a tour and um, somebody came in and said, I, I lived here when I was a kid, you know, and they were back, it was back in the sixties or seventies and they came back. And uh, so it was really nice. It was like a homecoming for them and to see what, where they used to live. And as, you know, as a family is now, as now a museum and they're pretty proud of that. Yeah. Well, Mark, your enthusiasm and love for what you do is really obvious. It's, it's uh, great uh, spending some time with you today. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, uh, Mark Keene, the curator of the North Point Lighthouse Museum. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's time for some lighthouse history. Today we're going to tell you the incredible true story of the first keeper of Saddleback Ledge Lighthouse in East Penobscot Bay in Maine. Saddleback Ledge is a wave-swept outcropping about four miles from the southeastern corner of the large island of Vinylhaven to the west, three miles from the southwestern coast of Isle Ho to the east, and more than seven miles to the village of Stonington to the north. The 43-foot granite lighthouse that was built on the ledge in 1839 was designed by a famous architect, Alexander Paris. It was built to last, and it has survived through some of the most brutal storms and seas you can imagine. The first keeper, Watson Y. Hopkins, a Maine native, moved to the lighthouse with his wife, Abigail, and seven children, ranging in age from infancy to the late teens. The large family crowded into living quarters inside the tower that consisted of a living room with a cooking stove, two bedrooms, and a cellar. Hopkins' pay was $450 per year. In September 1843, Abigail Hopkins gave birth to a baby girl, Margaret, at the lighthouse. A week later, a boat came to the ledge to take the mother and daughter to the mainland. During the transfer to the boat, the baby was dropped briefly into the cold waves. She was quickly plucked out of the water before any serious harm was done. Margaret Hopkins later married a Civil War veteran and lived to the age of 86 as one of Vinyl Haven's most beloved citizens. Hopkins painted a dismal picture of the living conditions at the lighthouse for the important report to Congress by the engineer I.W.P. Lewis in 1843. Quote, 
I was appointed keeper of this light December 1839 upon a salary of $450. I live with my family in the tower, which is the only building on the ledge. I am obliged to bring my water from shore a distance of seven miles. We are badly off for room to stow wood and provisions. I have been allowed a boat, but she is entirely unfit for this place, being nothing more than a small dory. My family consists of nine persons. There is a living room and two chambers in the tower besides a cellar. The iron railing which was secured to the rock around the tower has been all swept away. Also the privy which was carried away the first storm after its erection. The windows all leak in storms. The fastenings of all the shutters are iron and have corroded away. It would seem that there was not a multitude of candidates fighting over Hopkins' position at Saddleback because he amazingly stayed in the position for a full decade, living with his family in those three little rooms. When Hopkins and his family left Saddleback Ledge in 1849, he bought land and built a home on Aries Neck on Vinylhaven within sight of the lighthouse. The 1850 census identified the former lighthouse keeper as a farmer. You would have been able to see Saddleback Ledge in the distance from Watson Hopkins Farm on Vinylhaven, but I doubt that he ever looked in that direction once he left the lighthouse. We're going to end this edition with a poem. It was written by Forrest Wilcox, a native of Grand Manan, New Brunswick, Canada, who spent eight years of his life as a keeper at the rugged and remote Gannett Rock Light Station. Gannett Rock is about eight miles south of Grand Manan. It has been declared surplus property by the Canadian Coast Guard and is no longer being maintained. Here is the poem, A Lightkeeper's Dream. While keeping watch down here last night, the weather being fine, I thought I'd have a little nap to pass away the time. I put my feet up on the stove and soon began to snore. I dreamed I'd left the veil of tears and reached that golden shore. St. Peter met me at the gate and said, Come in, my lad. Your record while you were here on earth, it sure looks mighty bad. But as you have served time on Gannett Rock, one thing I surely know, You could get no greater punishment if I sent you down below. See, over there on yonder point, there stands a golden light. You will never have to tend it, for up here there is no night. No rain, no vapor, fog, or snow in this fair land you'll never see. And you can play with mermaids on the beach through all eternity. My, what a wondrous time I had upon that golden beach. But the little mermaids in the sea stayed just beyond my reach. Just then my feet fell off the stove. It was such a dreadful shock to wake and find that I was still right here on Gannett Rock. When my time does come to go and leave this world behind, when I reach that golden gate, I hope that Pete doesn't change his mind. But give me the golden light beside a peaceful sea, and I hope those mermaids in the surf will be waiting there for me. That's all for this edition of Lighthearted. Thanks, as always, to all the staff and volunteers of the U.S. Lighthouse Society in Hansville, Washington, and around the world. Be sure to visit the Society online at uslhs.org for more information on tours, 
the J. Candace Clifford Research Catalog, and all kinds of resources. Also, check out the U.S. Lighthouse Society's social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thanks to everyone out there involved with lighthouse preservation in any way. And thanks to all of you who visit lighthouses because you're supporting lighthouse preservation by doing that. Every dollar and every hour of volunteer time is a tremendous help. Of course, many thanks to our guest for this episode, Mark Keene of the North Point Lighthouse in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Check them out online at northpointlighthouse.org. Thanks for listening and keep keep a a good light. light.